Hello and welcome to Sketch Please. I'm Catherine Kerr and this is the open source sketch podcast that everyone can write and perform for. What a pant load of a year 2020 has been, but there are some silver linings. Donald Trump has been all but eradicated from the White House. And... And I'm sure there are some other good things. Anyway, Stuff 2020, we thought we'd take on the challenge of trying to make you laugh at the end of it. So even if it's just through sheer delirious relief that we can all look forwards with a little hope for a better 2021 after lockdown, we hope very much that you'll enjoy this episode's offerings. Massive congratulations to everyone who's endeavoured to make something funny in a year like this. As usual, before we dive into the funnies you've written, we're going to meet the performers who've made time to jump on one last Zoom call before they log off for the break. I'm delighted to introduce you to Amelia Stevenson, Amy McCann, Tom Scudamore and Luke Murray. Welcome, folks. Thanks so much for joining. How's your Christmas been? It's been nicer than expected, even though there's obviously like measures been put in. It was just nice to still see those select few because that those occasions have been far and few this year. So special even with restrictions. That's a yeah. very measured, sincere answer from tier two there, Amy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, from tier two, that's probably why. Yeah, I'm in tier four, so we didn't get any kind of Christmas here. It was it was mm. fine. I I live with my fiance and my cat, so we had a we had a good Christmas. Do you know what I mean? We just still did presents and turkey and all that kind of stuff and we just zoomed a lot, you know. It's not the same, but it's you know, it's pretty good. Got two weeks off, so I can't complain. Yeah, how strange to have all. Everyone seems to have just kind of ducked out for the for the two weeks over Christmas, and like no one seems particularly bothered about that in between bit where some people go back to work and are super virtuous. Everyone's had enough, it seems, and just wants to chill. I got cat tarot cards, not tat tarot cards. <laughs> cat tarot cards. <laughs> well, it sounds very high quality. How does that work then? They're like tarot cards, but instead of pictures of people. They're cats, and they're very cute. <laughs> do you have a cat yourself? Yeah, of course I do. Um, his name is Dexter. So you can tell the destiny of Dexter then, with your cards? Um, I did actually give him a little reading. He sat still enough for me to, to you know, read his fortune, and it said that he uh, <laughs> was a very spoiled cat, and he lived in the lap of luxury and did not appreciate what he had. <laughs> Luke, a fellow cat owner, is nodding there. <laughs> Tom, how was your Christmas up in Milton Keynes? Uh, I, I was bubbling with my folks who lived down the hill. So fun. You know, it reminds me of the Simpsons episode where Bart Simpson's in one of those like spheres and he's just like like a kind of cat and rolling down the hill <laughs> to my folks. Fab. Okay, well, guys, I think we'd better introduce you properly. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what you do? And I think we have to start with Amelia and Amy because you guys know each other. We do. Yes. We do. We go way back. Six years now. We so are it feels a long the time. two other heads of that. Yeah. Beast. So you're from Quirks and Foibles. Uh, we featured Katie, your third member, last time on Sketch, please. How's it all going? We actually started in March, just before the lockdown started. We basically went into 2020 knowing that we wanted to do something like this and we were together early March and we filmed a few sketches together. I was basically, I'm from up north and these two live nearer to each other down south. So I came down, we filmed a few sketches and we decided, oh, let's release them on the 16th of March. Um, and we were going to do it every other week. 
And then 16th of March came round and it very much like was on the verge of going into lockdown. And then we did. And we just decided, you know what, let's try and do one every single week. So since the 16th of March, we have been releasing a new sketch every Yay! Monday at six o'clock without fail. So we just celebrated nine months on the 16th of December. And this week tonight, I believe, is our 42nd sketch. 40 seconds. Oh, wow. Yeah. 42. And it, yeah. A very good number. Exactly. Um, so it's been, it's been really good for all of us because although towards the end of the year I started going back to work, it kept us busy in the kind of deep, dark parts of lockdown and um, it definitely kept us creative as well. What we've tried to do is, uh, with a lot of the sketches, is very cleverly make it look like we're all in the same room, but we're not. That's really brilliant. And well done to you for, for managing it as well. Like, I enjoyed your um, your Christmas story of uh, how Mr and Mrs Claus met, uh, inspired by chocolate bars. That was oh. Oh, yes. Amazing. <laughs> I spent a lot of money on chocolate for that one. Your hats off to you guys for not only making it work from three different locations, but also innovating a bit around it too. It just goes to yeah. show how creativity can thrive in the face of um, adversity. Yeah. <laughs> So very, yeah. Thanks so much, guys, for for joining us on the show. Uh, Luke, you're returning to Sketch Please, our Sketch Please alumni from last year, I think. How are you doing? I think it actually, I think it might have been two years ago. I think, I think I wrote a sketch initially for Sketch Please when you advertised on the BBC Writers Room. And then afterwards, uh, then it was on and then you said, oh, I think I said oh, I, I can be in sketches if you want as well, and then I did that, and then we did the we I wrote and you produced and directed a kind of sitcom podcast, which was I think was uh, bed sitcom yes bed sitcom, which was seven parts, which was out last year. No, it was this year. No, it, it was this year. It was this January. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, we're still in twenty twenty. As much as I hate to admit it, so yeah, that came out this year, essentially. So that's what we've been doing and just publicising that and stuff. So, yeah, and how's your year been otherwise? What what else have you been up to? I've had my wedding postponed twice, no. so that's that's not good. Oh. I managed to get my stag weekend in, but my fiance didn't get a hen weekend in, so she's a little bit annoyed <laughs> at that. So that is being renewed. But yeah, um, and then what else? We've just both since March been working from home, and we've both been told yeah. we're going to work from home until June or July. Oh. So okay. so we've got a cat, and yeah, I've been doing loads more writing than I would have done. So yeah, look, it's been uh, it's not been a great year, but I think everyone everyone knows that. But we did get a cat, so you know. What is his name? The cat is a girl. So my name's Luke, and the cat uh, and my fiance is called Mona. So we've called it Luna because oh, it's a mixture goodness. of our names. I love it. Yeah, it's ridiculous, isn't it? Oh, Tommy, you a cat owner? No, I'd love one though one day, <laughs> when I'm older. Well, what have you been doing with your 2020? So I moved into my own flat in uh, my second home flat in September, which was really nice. I, I work with kids a lot, so I facilitate uh, improv classes on Zoom for adults. And then with oh, a cool. theatre group I volunteer at, uh, we do this thing called Impros, where I give them like punny titles, and the kids the kids pretty much run with it. They're very clever beings; like they're just awesome. They must just really grab it I suppose if they're not limited by the kind of social mores that adults are inhibited by yeah no because there's just something that yeah they don't they don't know it all yet well no one ever does but what they do with these ideas I think generally they they almost write the gags themselves unknowing that it's so funny 
and you know that's just joyful so and then teaching adults improv is interesting because you know you have people from all walks of life like business people who spend so much time with others and then they find themselves finding this new kind of freedom in improv uh, games you know short form and long form so that's been really rewarding um I, that's brilliant thank you i, I also started a, a youtube drama thing uh, where i kind of do these master classes to for kids and young people as to you know how to devise how to improvise so all of that i think you know it's been a year where maybe we've all become archivers of our own lives a little bit we've all thought more about how to mm. record things and what matters so that's a lovely way of looking at it. Really positive, positive outlook. And I suppose it sounds like your year's been very sociable. You've been bringing people together. Totally. I, I believe it can still. I mean, you know, we're doing this right. So mm, we are. We are. Although yeah. apologies, it's completely all over the place on account of it being Christmas and uh, having had several days of heavy drinking. So my apologies. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Uh, well, shall we crack on and actually record some sketches? I've been having a lovely time chatting with you all, but realised we should, we sh you know, we should probably actually get to our our lovely writings. Millie, you've written this first one, the coroner's inquest. I only have if you find it funny. If you find it bad, I relinquish my claim on it. <laughs> okay, cool. Please rise for Her Majesty's coroner. Thank you. Please be seated. We are here today for the inquest into the death of Miss Joan Oldman, age 83, found deceased in her home. Dr Vicky Alexander, you are the pathologist who performed the post-mortem on Miss Oldman. Yes, that is correct. And what were your findings, Doctor? I have been a pathologist for 25 years and I have never experienced anything as shocking as Miss Oldman's autopsy. Please, take your time. When we cut open the deceased's body, we found a cow inside her stomach. I don't know how she swallowed a cow. Do you know why she swallowed a cow? We then proceeded to perform an autopsy on the cow. It seems she swallowed the cow to catch the dog. What a hog to swallow a dog. There's more. When we did a further autopsy, we discovered within the dog... Well, it seems she swallowed the dog to catch the cat. Fancy that, to swallow a cat. I indeed. The autopsy on the cat revealed she swallowed the cat to catch the bird. How absurd. To, to swallow a bird, yes. She had swallowed the bird to catch the spider that wiggled and tiggled inside her. The final autopsy I performed was on the spider, which was very fiddly. But inside the spider, we found a fly. So, Doctor, we can conjecture. She swallowed the cow to catch the dog. She swallowed the dog to catch the cat. She swallowed the cat to catch the bird. She swallowed the bird to catch the spider. And she swallowed the spider to catch the fly. But the question remains, why did she swallow a fly? Coroner, I don't know why she swallowed a fly. So, the manner of death? We can assume death by misadventure? No. I believe it was death by medical negligence. Medical negligence? How so? Although we unfortunately do not know why she initially swallowed the fly, her notes say she reported this complaint to her local doctor. He was the one that prescribed swallowing various animals in order to catch the preceding swallowed animals. My God! What is the name of this doctor? I'll have his medical license. Her physician's name was Dr. Doolittle. Oh. 
that. Thank you very much. <laughs> Next up, Rebecca Bain and Alex Garrick-White are back with a sketch about driving lessons. For any of you who are too young to remember, this pre-2020 practice saw you share a vehicle with a stranger with the goal of learning how to operate it. Obviously, this is now too dangerous, but back in the day, 17-year-old kids really did put down their iPhones for up to an hour at a time to learn the art of driving. Okay, you're approaching the roundabout now, so you want to slow down gradually and be aware of any traffic coming from your right. My right? Okay. And check your rear-view mirror for cars behind us. Right. Now, as we wait for the traffic on the right to clear, I'd like you to wind your window down. Uh, okay. Good. Right, now beep your horn and lean your head out the window. S sorry, what? Let me ask you a small question, Gary. Do you think these two girls that are about to walk past are attractive? Uh, Do not take your eyes off the road. But how am I? Okay, well, let's assume that they are attractive. Wouldn't it be a good idea to let them know that they are? Uh, I suppose. And would winding down your window, honking the horn, and shouting about how sexy they are not be the best way to go about it? Uh, I don't know. Sorry, Gary, they've walked past us now. You've totally missed your chance. Not very good. Now you're just holding up the other cars behind us, Gary. When you're ready. If you pop into fourth gear here, that's it. Shall we put a bit of music on? Do you think that's a good idea? Well, it can't hurt. Sure, okay. Great. Okay, I have noisy rave or offensive rap. Take your pick. Uh, really? Wouldn't it be better to put the radio on or something? Gary, if we put on the radio, music that people actually like listening to would come on. No, for you, I think the rave would be best. Do you like this kind of music, Gary? Uh, not really, no. Neither do most members of the general public, but there you are. Now, if you could just wind your window down, Gary. Are there more girls we have to be, Pat? <laughs> I wish. This time we wind down our window so everyone can hear the crap we are playing. A bit louder, do you think? Okay, now we are coming to a junction. We are on a minor road, so remember to slow and... What? Remember to slow and... Uh, I can't hear you. Can we turn the music down? Out of the question. The music must always be playing. But why? I don't make the rules of the road, Gary. I just teach them to the teenage boys. You've got to learn somehow. You know what? Just before COVID, I was about to get behind the wheel again and take some refresher driving lessons. But now I don't have to face my fears until it's actually safe to do so. So mm -hmm. there we go. You'll be waiting a while. Yeah. I thought I read that loads of people were doing it and they were all just wearing masks. I don't, I don't know, yeah. but... It was. It was just they had to wear masks. Um, and I'm, I'm a... Sh well, if you were a driving instructor that, like, you know, going from... Um, I say student, but yeah, student to student, you'd probably just yeah. want clean bits. Um, but yeah, the everyone was kind of back to it. And then I don't know with tier four, I imagine they've had to stop no, again. I'm, yeah, I've got no idea now. We just know we've got to stay home. Yeah. Mm. Windows down, let the air in. Windows and... down, let the air in, freeze yourself. <laughs> it's a little, it's a little harder. <laughs> Yeah, this time of year it is harder to be locked down. I think like in the summer, when, especially when um, the summer was a really strange period where they relaxed a lot of measures because then we yeah. were, you know, we even did some location recording for some programmes as well, which was weird. Mm. Although all the microphones mm. have to wear face masks as well. <laughs> yeah. 
I found it harder in the thing. I, I feel eventually, because the, the first lockdown was very, very new and everyone was going through it and there was a level of camaraderie, which was kind of like, all right, this is what we have to do. And yeah, this is good. And you can see an end in sight. But with, with all the new ones, because you can never see an end and the rules are... And I'm not criticising anyone. I'm just saying the rules are complicated. We can't really see an end. It's that thing of going, well, I, I, it's harder to get through because you go, you wonder when it's going to all stop, you know, but... The goalposts keep moving. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Uh, let's try and get, get back to some funny sketches. Uh, but thanks so much for that one from Rebecca and Alex. News just in, descriptions of drive-by harassers and wolf whistling builders must now be logged in the COVID-19 app to ensure that under new GDPR rules, absolutely no personal records of individuals are retained. Let's do our next one from Vincent Lynch. Mrs Smith, can you hear us? Where am I? You're in hospital. I'm afraid you were in a bit of an accident and we had to put you into a coma, but you're all right now. How long have I been under? Let's see, it's December now. December? That means I've lost most of a year. Haven't we all? I wouldn't worry. You've missed nothing. Couldn't have picked a better time for it, really. But why so long? Well, the plan was to put you under for a couple of weeks, but then we just never really got round to reviving you. But we've been overwhelmed. <laughs> we just thought, she looks so peaceful like this, why spoil it? So I've spent 2020 connected to a machine? Well, I've spent most of it on Zoom myself. And my family, have they been to visit? No. Hospital policy. W what about my girlfriend? Is she still waiting for me? Oh, I should think so. Dating is illegal now. Really? Oh, forget it. I'll just be glad to get rid of this mask once and for all and hand down the king's arms. Oh, that's not going to happen, I'm afraid. I don't think we're quite ready for normality just yet. Oh, am I getting ahead of myself? I had such plans for this year. I was going to travel the world, open a pub, take up swinging. None of that was going to happen. In fact, nothing has happened. Everything's been cancelled. Glastonbury, the Olympics. JK Rowling. That's not really relevant right now. I'm still feeling very confused. Let me try to explain. You remember that virus that was in the news? What, that Chinese virus everyone was talking about? That's for one, though calling it that does make you sound like a racist. Anyway, good news, they have a vaccine! Woohoo! Okay, so things will go back to normal? Well, kind of. Maybe. Eventually. They're calling it the even newer normal. If we've got a vaccine, what's the problem? Lack of freezer space. Also, half the public thinks it turns you into a penguin. But don't worry, they've got a big TV name fighting the anti-vaxxers and helping to restore sanity. Who's that? Piers Morgan. I don't feel too good. Oh dear, maybe we've tired you out. Shall we let you get some more rest? Yes, please. Okay, nurse. Wake her up in... Shall we say 2022? <sighs> Sounds good. <laughs> that was the longest sigh ever as well. <laughs> On this show, we love a superhero joke, and apparently so do you, because in our next sketch, we get a unique insight into the secretive world of Bruce Wayne himself. Thanks, Rohan Agalawata, for this. Hi, I've been given this number to ring. And what is your emergency? I'm, uh, stuck in a lift. And where is the lift? It's a secret. What? A secret lift. I need to know where the lift is in order to send someone to release you. But... it's a secret lift. I can't help you if you don't tell me where you are. I can't tell you where it is. 
then it's a stalemate. Then you are going to have to stay there. Oh, I should have suited up. This is Bruce Wayne. Okay, Mr. Wayne, and where is the lift? Under the Bruce Wayne Manor, in between floors. Which floors? Between Bruce Wayne Manor and the... The where? I didn't hear that. The Batcave. Can you spell that? B-A-T-C-A-V-E. Did you say Batcave? Yeah. Batcave. Let me see if I've spelt this right. Is that like underground? Yeah. Deep underground. Underground in a cave. The Batcave. Yeah. Are there bats there? In a manner of speaking. You do realize that bats are endangered species and are not to be disturbed. I think I might have to get the Environmental Protection Agency involved. Do you have a license to build a lift into the habitat of bats? Oh, for fuck's sake, yeah. You have the license? Not on me, no. Sounds highly suspicious. I'll have to notify the Environmental Protection Agency. The commissioner knows. The police commissioner knows. Well, we'll have to send a bat expert with the lift expert to make sure no bats are harmed in your release. And how long will that take? First, we have to find the bat expert. And how will you do that? Shine a light into the night sky? Oh, don't be ridiculous. I'll check checkertrade.com. Bat experts, it's quite a specialist field. Oh, this is a matter of life and death. I'm going to put you on hold while we see who has the best rating and is closest to Wayne Manor. Can't you just get me out of this lift? Are you afraid of confined spaces? No, I'm not afraid of anything. You have plenty of air down there. Sit down and breathe slowly. Don't panic. I'm not panicking. It's just we have a lot of calls at the moment. It may take some time and the closest bat expert is in Honolulu. You can see his Facebook posts. I have no Wi-Fi down here. There's no coverage. That's a pity. I know. Should have fitted it. Fucking Alfred cutting costs. Alfred? My butler. My idiot butler. And where is he? That is none of your concern. Is it a secret? Yes. For fuck's sake. All of this is secret. I'm afraid I'm recording this conversation for training purposes. Oh, you fucker. There is no need for that kind of language. Do you want me to hang up? No. I'm not prepared for that kind of language. Are you happy to proceed in a civilized manner? Yes. However, all recordings pertaining to this case are to be handed over to the police commissioner and destroyed. Actually, as part of the terms and conditions of this service, which you should have read before signing the maintenance contract for your lift, as a private organization, this information is our domain for our use to improve our service, and as such, we are allowed to sell it onto interested third parties like the Joker. Fucker. Thank you for your time, Mr. Wayne. A lift engineer and bat expert has been dispatched. Please rate us on Trustpilot. Goodbye. Yeah! Awesome! <laughs> I really like that one. I love the voice. I could have been lightheaded after that. I know, the voice is excellent. <laughs> I had to put myself on mute because I was laughing at that. Oh, wow. okay, that's good. <laughs> um, Luke, when, when you call up one of these uh, multiple-choice telephone answering services, please just do us a favour and say, Yeah! <laughs> yeah! <laughs> I'll tell you something about me which you may not know. I am 
with my friends and family, this is going to sound very bad. I'm a legendary complainer. To say so if a company has screwed someone over and said, "Oh, we're not going to do this," or "Oh, we're not going to refund," or "No, we're going to do this," or something is late. Oh my God! You name a company, I'll have got points or customer refunds or anything from it. In fact, any of you have any problems with companies? Send me the email. Send me what's happened, and then I'll go and get it all back. That's that's what I do. You're like a a modern day Robin Hood, or or a Karen, <laughs> and prick as well. <laughs> My best one was when it was about four years ago. It was 2016, and it was Apple that are normally so bad. They weren't giving me. They weren't sending back. And I said to them, they ended saying, "I said, oh, fine, whatever." And they said. Don't worry, Luke. We're here to help you 365 days of the year. And I said, it's a leap year this year. Is this the day you're not being helpful? <laughs> oh, they didn't like that. Ooh, that's, that's a, a singer. I went for a lie down after that. I went, Do you know, I'm going to have the day off. <laughs> 2020 really has been an exercise in having very little control over anything. So it's natural to want to make plans for the future uh, when the present isn't so fun. But when you don't know what the future looks like, you're faced with just having to stew in it. One of the toughest parts of this is realising that even those with the most privileged information, leading scientists and advisors to hand, can't really give us any promises either. That's right, television's Gemma Collins can't help us. So we've been forced to listen to what Boris Johnson and his pals say instead. Alf Oldman has been reflecting on this. The political news this morning is dominated by the Prime Minister's decision to sack his Director of Communications and appoint a new advisor. I'm pleased to say that new man has agreed to give us an interview and he's in our radio car now. Uh, good morning, Mr Carroll. Is it? I haven't the slightest idea. As of 6pm last night, you became the Prime Minister's Director of Communications. Really? Yes, I wonder if I've been changed in the night. Let me think. Was I ever saying when I got up this morning? You're a writer of children's stories and poems. Little Alice fell down the hole, bumped her head and bruised her soul. And you're going to have to adapt your literary and oratory skills to relate to the wider public. Because if I may say so, one of the criticisms made of you in the past is that you're quite eccentric. That is... I know who I was when I got up this morning, but I think I must have been changed several times since then. That you live in a world of children's books and fantasies. The time has come, the walrus said, to talk of many things. Of shoes and ships and stealing wax, of cabbages and kings. And that you died in 1898. And that you died in 1898. Uh, as... with the exception of certain impossible circumstances can sometimes surely happen. So one of the first questions that springs to mind... Why, sometimes I've believed as many as six impossible things before breakfast. So one of the first questions that springs to mind, on the morning of your first full day in office, why do you think you've been picked for this role? Why, is a raven like a writing desk? Have you guessed the riddle yet? No, I give it up. What's the answer? I haven't the slightest idea, said the hatter. You're mad, aren't you? You see, a dog growls when it's angry and wags its tail when it's pleased. Now I growl when I'm pleased and wag my tail when I'm angry. Therefore, I'm mad. Or a cat. Did you, in fact, die over 122 years ago, Mr Carroll? Yes or no, Mr Carroll? People have a right to know. 
If everybody minded their own business, the world would go around a great deal faster than it does. A simple yes or no answer to a simple question, if you please. If you drink much from a bottle marked poison, it is certain to disagree with you sir, sooner or later. Right, we're going to have to leave it there. You're clearly not going to answer my questions, although I sense you could probably talk forever. How long is forever? Sometimes just one second, said the white rabbit. Oh, quite. Let's go fly oh. quite. Mr. Carroll, whose works give us a clearer picture of what's going on inside the Prime Minister's mind. Tom, that performance came very naturally to you. I played Lewis Carroll in Alice in Wonderland when I was 12. So Bob's your uncle. <laughs> in the town next door, Leighton Buzzard, where I, I still volunteer at that theatre group, we were doing Alice in Wonderland and uh, I played Lewis Carroll, um, otherwise known in, in character in the show as Charles Dodgson. I think that was his pseudonym. I'm not sure. I mean, back back in the day, I, I, I'm kind of like Benjamin Button. I think I'm aging backwards. But um, <laughs> I, I had a husky little voice back then. But obviously, <laughs> I was waiting for a chance to really let the guy go. Well, awesome. Thank you very much for that one. With lonely, bored or unemployed people on the rise this year, podcasting has continued to boom. Rounded off with the news that Meghan and Harry are launching their very own show. All we know from the trailer is that it will be about people. There will be stories and in the stories there will be change. Even if that's not giving much away, I certainly do hope they make some change, and dollars preferably. Right, we've time for one more sketch. Thanks to everyone who sent those in, and we will be back in the new year with another episode to pick up anything we couldn't fit in today. But before we go, Wayne Timms has been reflecting on the plight of lockdown telly. Ambulance driver says it was head on smash with a lorry, Doctor. He's touch and go. He can't die now. We're barely two minutes into this first episode of what we were hoping will be a top-rating television medical drama. Put him on an intravenous feed of liquidy, oozy stuff with a very long name. Starts with three syllables. It's not working. We're losing him. Any minute now, one of these machine thingies will go beep, beep, beep. Then up the dosage to four syllables. His vitals are fading. Do we have enough time for a spurious subplot involving the hospital administrator in cahoots with a corrupt pharmaceutical company? Not unless we run this over two episodes linked by a cliffhanger at the end of this episode. That's radical. Has anyone ever tried that before? Not on this network. I feel a bead of sweat forming on my forehead. Doctor, we're running out of time. What do you think we should do? Let's leave it until Christmas. Are you daft? It's April. Is that what they teach you at medical school these days? No, no. Put him in a coma until Christmas. We're sure to be having a quirky Christmas episode with tinsel, a trickly plot, and a spurious guest appearance. And... Uh, we get Dr House to make that guest appearance. He'll tell us what to do. Brilliant. Put him under. We saved him. Who's up next? A television producer. Suspected drug overdose. He's hanging by a thread. Do we even care? Definitely. If we save him, he'll have to listen to my pitch for my own spin-off series. Could I make a guest appearance? Absolutely. Prep him. Brilliant. Well, that's all we have time for today, but thank you so much for getting involved this year. We'll be back again as soon as time permits, so keep sending in your writing because we do read all of them and try to fit in as many as possible every time. Thanks so much to our writers, Amelia Stevenson, Rebecca Bain and Alex Garrett-Wright, Vincent Lynch, Rohan Agalawata and Alf Oldman. Uh, and thanks also to our performers, Millie Stevenson, Amy McCann, Tom Scudamore and Luke Murray. Woo! Clap for yourself, clap for each other. Before we go, can you tell us about where people can find out more about what you're up to, your social links, your websites? <laughs> Millie, Amy? Amy will read out our 
things. <laughs> I've got it all. Um, so uh, we are Quirks and Foibles. You can find us uh, on at Quirks and Foibles on YouTube. We release a new sketch every Monday at six o'clock. But we also are on Facebook. But we are Quirks and Foibles Sketch at Facebook. Twitter Quirks underscore Foibles. And we recently joined Instagram, and we are Quirks and Foibles Sketch there too. So you can find us on all different social media platforms and we post all the sketches on all of those platforms. Awesome. And what plans have you got for the coming year? Are you going to carry on doing your weekly sketches? Of course. Yes, we won't miss a week. We just have to keep, mm. I say, juicing or just like rinsing our brains for ideas. Um, we just come up with very random stuff. Well, good for you. I really hope we'll get a chance to see you live sometime soon as well. So we'll put all your links. In That's the hope. <laughs> and Tom, what about you? How's this year looking? I'm going to hopefully launch my uh, YouTube sketch channel, Scooter Shorts. I'm looking for out for actors and stuff. So yeah. if you follow me at uh, Tom Sketchamore, uh, just change my, my handle to Sketchamore. <laughs> Yippee. Uh, and, and DM me if you want to be able to you know record some stuff and i just i just keep writing i love it perfect and yes let's on youtube if uh you have any kids who want to learn how to devise improvise sing a bit of mary poppins that bit's not me but um yeah but... <laughs> and are you doing any more workshops yeah so look out for those uh i'll put them on my twitter my latest series think quick ran in the autumn we're going to bring it back in the spring hopefully so yeah, adults, if you want to improvise and create weird, funny stories about aliens, which you didn't think you'd be ending your Wednesday night with, call me. <laughs> Sounds brilliant. Luke, what about you? What What are your plans for the coming year? My plans are to... I wrote my first play in about 10 or so years. Um, ah. So I'll be... Do, uh, hopefully, I'll be able to get that. I literally wrote it thinking, right, what's going to be attractive to theatres it's two actors there is no set it's very cheap to make and it's original so there's no <laughs> i was just like they're gonna love this if they can and are they two meters apart everyone basically there's not much so there's not much uh, people having to be near each other the two actors so i was just like this is fantastic if theatres are still around hopefully they are not to be very bleak but hopefully there's going to be some stuff. And then I'm just going to be working on another stuff and more of the bed sitcom. I've already done a few episodes of that. So hopefully there'll be more of that out next year. Well, send us the link when you have it and we'll put the link to bed sitcom in the show notes for this episode as well. Um, if you'd like to write and perform on Sketch Please, just get in touch by sending us an email at sketchplease at podcastpioneers.com. So do say hello. And in the meantime, I wish you all the love and luck you desire in 2021. You did it. Happy New Year. Happy New Year.